Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive Monday, another week of preseason prep in the books. We head towards week two of NFL preseason action. We break down two more divisions this week, and we have a fascinating interview on tap for later in the week. Uh, we will continue this pattern through the rest of August. Uh, Andy, how was your weekend? It was solid. It was a gorgeous weekend up here in Minnesota. Yes. And you know what? There was even more more football. Like the, I got to look. I haven't even looked at the schedule for this preseason yet or this week. Who knows? Maybe we'll have like nine Wednesday games and a couple <laughs> Friday, Saturday again. It, it, it is. Like I just I haven't obviously I haven't been betting a lot of preseason because I'm barely paying attention to what the games are held. But no, that'll be fun. Hopefully, we have some more games. Another nice weekend. More less injuries. Jesus, less injuries, yeah. more trades. I want to yeah. see less of one and more of the other. I think we've been generally spared from the real catastrophic injuries to this point, which is nice. Uh, lots of little yeah. We haven't had a nasty so. ACL yet. Yeah, no, we haven't. There's and which is which is strange because usually it's early in camp that you have those. So thank, thankfully, hopefully we've. I'm going to knock on wood here that we've avoided any uh, serious uh, ACLs. But uh, here we go into preseason week two. Any uh, general thoughts or takeaways from preseason week one? How much did you watch? Awesome. Uh, not as much as I should have. And maybe just, I, just, I think I, I spared myself from it because <laughs> just it's, it's more fun watching Twitter during yeah. these games than anything. Oh, yeah. Just overreaction season. Uh, who was it? Oh, the Vegas refund. We were talking. He said he got to work Monday. He's on the East Coast. So there's some giant fans that were planning the parade route. I mean, and <laughs> I, I said, it's, it's got to be the same in like a bunch. You know, there's some cities that, you know, they're not going to be getting too excited like Cincinnati or Miami, some of the lower end teams. But any team with a chip chair and a chance that had a decent week one performance from any of their players. They're, everybody's overreacting. Everyone's overexcited. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Like, you know, Daniel Jones had a good drive. Like that, that was exciting. But you know, maybe chill out a little. What was it? Uh, you know, the Tannehill Mariota thing. Like that got overexcited right away. It's week one. Week one, the starters aren't playing much. We're seeing starters. You know, there's that imbalance where you'll see starters on one side of the ball against maybe the twos or even threes, depending on what team's doing what. So you're seeing some weird stuff that eh, performances are getting overblown. Well, so, right in that we're vein. We're just going to ch- chill out. We're just going to chill. Everybody just chill. Well, right in that vein, your Vikings uh, went up against uh, Teddy Bridgewater for an extended stretch. He was out there for the Saints in the Big Easy, and they came away with a double W. You're not, uh, you're not excited about your Vikes now? I was uh, I was excited about the, the offense. I mean, the offense looked like they had some like some sort of a semblance of a plan. It didn't seem like that was the case a lot of times last year. I think that was a super big problem was the not only the offensive play calling, but some of the play sequencing and just the the use of the skill position players. So, and granted, a lot of it was against you know against the lower defenses that the Saints had to throw out there, and it was the backups on the offense too. But I'd say that would if you're a Vikings fan, that probably was a little bit hopeful that the offense didn't 
completely shit because there were some teams that didn't score last week. There were a couple. The Lions, most notably, the Jaguars were on the road at least. The Lions at home got booed against the, against the Pats. Um, I'll, I'll say this, though. you know, uh, In general, I thought that overall the quarterback play was pretty impressive. Uh, especially from the second and third string quarterbacks who we usually see just utterly stink out the joint. I mean, like the totals are in the thirties in preseason for a reason, the quarterbacks suck, but we had a lot of pretty high scoring games and pretty competent quarterback play from the backups, which is pretty exciting. And just the young quarterbacks in general, I think there's a lot to be hopeful from, from an entertainment standpoint as we uh, head into this season and kind of look forward to the future of the NFL. Um, I will also say I have, my yeah, list, and it's uh, a weird quirk yeah. here. The young, you bring up the young quarterbacks. Like we, in a weird quirk, we will probably be looking at a, we're looking at a division that might have three second year quarterbacks starting. Yeah. That's which, exactly I don't know when's the right. last time that's happened. Uh, boy, I'm going to say it's been 10 years at least. Um, but yeah, let's get into this. AFC East, uh, the Patriots and a bunch of nobodies, uh, except this year. Uh, you know, maybe a fighting chance from a couple of these teams. Uh, at least, that, uh, at least, you know, you got some Jets folks out there thinking playoffs are, you know, are something that they could fight for this year. Bills fans, I know, uh, have some reasons to be pretty optimistic heading into this season. It's, you know, some some absolute blue chips on the defensive side of the ball out there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, this is a, this is going to be an interesting one to break down. I remember last year when we did the AFC East, I was literally like dreading it, like. Ugh, like we really got to talk about this crap division and you know like we i think we saved it for last and we had a little bit of fun with it and you know it was all good but you know this year i'm actually excited to break down this division um and um i think there's probably some value and you know we talked about last week the afc south where pretty much everybody is you know everybody's being dumped on colts aside uh you know everybody's been bent to the under and you look at the uh Look at the AFC East, and uh, pretty much everyone bet to the over, uh, with the exception of the Dolphins. So it's it's an interesting kind of dichotomy there, um, in that there is some optimism in this division. Um, and uh, I don't know. I guess should we give the Patriots some shine first, as they are the defending Super Bowl champions? I mean, who could forget that amazing Super Bowl that the Patriots just won? That was so deserved oh, and man. so so incredible and so impressive. You know what? What do you? What is your? And and then they they turn around and and back it up with just a an absolute ass kicking of the Lions, like. You know, it's pretty amazing, really. Uh, you know, what what are some of your thoughts on the Patriots as we head into 20, 2019, 2020? I mean, they shut them down. It was a boring, awful Super Bowl. I was, I went to the local bar with some friends to watch this one, and it sucked. Like, it was the most boring. And it's because we play a lot of the boards. We're in a lot of those uh, square boards. And some of them pay on score changes. So that sucked ass. Like there were just no score changes, super low scoring. It was boring for that. It was boring to watch. I guess if you're a Patriots fan, it was a lot of fun to watch just shut down a really good team with decent offense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it, it sucked. It sucked bad. And you know what? I I tried my best to look for some things that we could fade the pay. You know, just any negatives. And I, I guess the defensive coordinator situation could be a negative and losing a few players could be negative, but they just, we try to do this every year. They lose players, new guys step in, 
it's too smart of an organization when the division is going to be down again. And, and they're uh, again, they have a super easy schedule again. Their division is going to contain one team that's probably tanking and a couple of teams that are still in the rebuild. Like it's going to be super hard to not see this team getting, I mean, what, what's the, what's the floor? If there's no catastrophic injuries, the floor is what a three seed yeah. four seed. Maybe. Yeah. Like they, they win this division. So, and I just don't see, I guess I don't see them finishing behind three other. Yeah. Three, three seeds, my floor, I guess. And yeah. I, and that's a Gronk retires. He loses Trent Brown. Uh, what was it? Who they lose to Jamie Collins. Yeah. So, they no, got Jamie Collins back. Who am I thinking? Yeah, Trey Flowers. Who might? Yeah, Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> you, you lose you lose some decent pieces, but other pieces step in. They do this every year. I don't want to get too deep into this because it would be me just reading like pages and pages. But if you do get the Football Outsiders Almanac, like that's a super worthwhile section to read. I know you can't read that whole thing because it's huge, but they go over the Patriots way, the acquiring and deploying of their draft capital, the reclamation projects, drafting and developing offensive linemen, resource allocation. Like they just, you read this and it's like, wow, everyone else is just really stupid at roster development and roster construction. <laughs> it's a really interesting part. I, I wouldn't – if you don't have the football outsiders almanac, you should you should probably get it just to read that part because it's it just kind of puts it all together, the mystery of why this team's been so good so long. Yeah, I think those are all – Disagree with anything? Points. No, those are all super relevant points. Um, just off the top of your head, uh, how many uh, Patriots – I mean, how many uh, Super Bowls does Tom Brady have? I think it's six now. Six. Uh, do you know how many times the Patriots have been to the Super Bowl in the Tom Brady era? Who are we at? Eight? Nine. They are six and three. Two nine, losses to nine. the Giants. I forgot. One I loss forgot to the, the uh, Eagles. Who is how many are, you know, If the Patriots made the oh, Super the Bowl this year. I have to block yeah. that one out. <laughs> yeah, if the Patriots make the Super Bowl this year, uh, how many years in a row is that going to be? They will be AFC champions. That'll be three. That'll be four if they four? go this year. Yes, they four. were. The Eagles thing so, never happened. I, I, I'm doing this to you on purpose because I, I'm in the same boat. Like You forget like how ridiculous the dominance has been of, of now. Like Currently, we are in the midst of this just absolutely incredible part two of a dynasty, which is crazy. Um, if they make the Super Bowl this year, if they win the AFC, they will tie the Bills for four straight Super Bowl appearances, which is wild. Um, and it's felt kind of kind of quiet, right? Like their win last year against the Rams, like yeah, they were you know they were favorites, but not by a lot. Um, you know their win, they their loss against the uh, the Eagles, kind of you know people were ready to say that's the end of the dynasty. You know they're they're done now, move on to the next team and. You know, lo and behold, they easily got the two seed. They got the two seed while losing a game at the buzzer to the Dolphins with the Gronk missed tackle. Like, they still got a bye. They still got a home game against the Chargers, which they won in style. Sentiment of retirement. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, well, yeah, Gronk's retirement is a big story. 
Yeah, <laughs> send him into retirement. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of nuts when you step back and you know you actually look at the numbers. It looks impossible. Like the Patriots have won the AFC East every single year. Tom Brady has been healthy, with the exception of his second year as a starter. Like that's absolutely impossible. It's like seemingly impossible. Like it's so freaking hard to win your division even even that Matt Castle year they won 11 games they won 11 games but they got barely they got tie breaks by the by the wildcat dolphins that year it's absolutely crazy that this is how it goes down year after year and you know you we we were talking last week (laughs) that after I forgot that was the wildcat year that was the wildcat year I'll never forget it took took a catastrophic injury to a a first ballot Hall of Famer and the biggest gimmick offense this side of anything to <laughs> to dethrone that. I mean, it took, yeah. it took such yeah. a perfect storm. Yeah, that was that That's was right. a fun year. Yeah, and I mean, weekend we, year in year out, they're the Super Bowl perennial favorites. Year in year out, they're expected to win double digit wins, and they do. Uh, they are the highest win total on the board this year with eleven. Um, and you know, you you brought it up already. You look at their schedule and. It makes perfect sense why they have uh, a top five quarterback, clearly, currently, clearly top five quarterback in the NFL uh, in Tom Brady. They have by far, by far the best head coach and coaching staff in the league. And it's not even close. So there's barely a comparison. Um, And, you know, while they don't necessarily have the ability to, to do a great job of of evaluating and drafting talent through the draft process. They do do a great job of getting a bunch of chances, you know, trading back and getting a whole slew of picks, letting free agents go and getting compensatory draft picks. So they have more than your average crack at, uh, at drafting. And, you know, they can develop guys like Julian Edelman, who was this, what, seventh round what quarterback that they picked up. Who's their, you know, their wide receiver one heading into this year. Uh, you know, guy, Hall of Famer? You think no, Edelman's not a Hall of Famer. Stop. So that was uh, the jo- that was the joke from the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and uh, but no, but even beyond Edelman, like a guy like Malcolm Butler, like like honestly, like we're talking about Super Bowl Patriots win three straight Super Bowls if Malcolm Butler doesn't get benched two years ago. Seriously, uh, you know, like if Malcolm Butler's in that game, uh, I think that's the dif- differentiating factor in that one. And you're talking about the Patriots winning three, you know, three Super Bowls back to back to back. Like do. that's incre- That's crazy, man. Do you disagree with me on that? By the way, you think the no, Eagles I, were that I, much I, it's, hard, it's hard. It's hard to say, you know, decisively. But that would have made a big damn difference. Would have made a big damn difference. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, so, anyway, anyway, do you have so, yeah. do you have any it's cold a, water? What's your cold yeah. water? Oh let's, yeah, no, no, no. I have. I mean, I mean because like all, this is. I, yeah, no, this is a, this has been a tough off season for like realistic evaluation of this team and what they're going to be this year because they have they they have continually lost top end talent year over year on this roster and yet they still win double digit wins and they still win Super Bowls. And so doubting them is kind of at your own peril at this point and their schedule is so damn easy. I like honestly, like I tweaked the, I I downgraded the their their expected performance over the first four weeks by a full standard deviation because they take the first four weeks off every single year. They just uh, they just basically t- 
tinker with their roster, figure out where who they want in what roles, try a whole bunch of different things. They don't really need to get those wins, you know, every year over the first four weeks. And so they kind of, you know, they kind of lose games you would think they would otherwise win. Look, last year at the at the Lions, like losing that game week three was was ridiculous. Like losing to the Jags week two was ridiculous. Like they all they consistently lose games early in the season that they would otherwise win. So I downgraded all first four weeks by a full standard deviation, which is aggressive. Uh, I implemented, you know, the, the negatives on their the negatives on their schedule in terms of situations. They got to play three teams in a row coming off a of bye in uh, Cleveland, Baltimore, and Philly. Like that's tough. But I put I put all of that into a simulation. Yeah, they're buying it gets negated a little with uh their they guy, come off their, their buy to face another yep. team off the buy which which sucks. Yeah, that sucks yep. for them but so yeah, you t- I put it all in and still like I cannot come up with like less than 10 or 11 wins. Like I'm still looking at no matter how aggressively you try to downgrade this team, there's still a 77% chance they win the AFC East. Cause they're just that much better. And it's freaking crazy. Like I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be bearish on the path. I wanted to come into this preview this year and this NFL season and be like, Oh, it's finally over They're They're they are the King will, will, you know, that they're there. This is a great opportunity to bet against these guys. They're finally going to underachieve, but I, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. They have that much better a coach and coaching is so damn important in the NFL that there's just no point in really trying to get on the right side of of, uh, of them finally regressing when it does happen. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. And I will say the um, you know the fact that you lost Gronk is gonna hurt your offense. Yes, uh, the it will take them weeks to integrate a new set of receivers. Uh, and who was their put, leading target last year? Um, I'm gonna guess it was probably James White. What do you think? Ooh, look at you. Well, you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, he was. 123 targets. It was. But that just shows you that they were ahead of the NFL, even in that regard. Yes, they are. That's the point of it. 108 catches for for a back. Yeah, passing to your running back is an extremely important part of today's NFL, and they were ahead of that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not shocking. And, you know, um, my favorite of the Patriots offense offseason stories, and I forget who – told us this it was one of our great interviews of one of the advantage players we talked to this offseason who was basically like oh yeah what the patriots were you know why they're so good to bet on in second halves is you know the first half they're not just like throwing their guys out there and telling them to do their jobs they're literally like you try this this and this and see if the refs call it and if they don't in the second half we're doubling down on that Right. Like they are legitimately testing all of the, you know, aspects about the way a game is officiated, the way that the other team is calling their offense and defense. And, you know, they're, they are just, they're thinking ahead of the curve and they're more, um, you know, they're less reactionary and more kind of, um, you know, just doing plus EV, you know, decision making in the moment than any other team. And you have to respect all that. It adds up to it adds up to a couple yeah. of wins that they wouldn't otherwise get every single year, and that puts them in a position to have home home games in the playoffs with extra rest, and the rest is history. So, you know, it's, well, it's like yeah, like I was talking about with the the roster construction and all the you know the the roster decisions, the draft decisions, what they're doing with their their cap space. Like it's it's 
that on a micro level to the game. They do that in the game too. They're they're just so much smarter. I and I hate saying nice things about the Patriots. And yeah. everything I've looked at negative, like it's it's tough to really make them hard negatives. Like even the the defensive line, that's probably the weak spot on the defense. They're just gonna go D line by committee, and you feel like it's gonna be the same thing as Oz. They're gonna do this by committee. And they're, by the time we get to like week five or six, you're going to have it figured out which guys they need to be using in which which uh, situations. And that, yep. that's going to be a solidified part of their defense. Obviously, they have great defensive backs. That's going to be easy. And then the receiver thing, you know, you lose Gronk, Josh Gordon, who knows what's happening there. Watson suspended early. It's just – doesn't it just feel like the Nikhil Harry is going to be good James White's going to be – like, everything's just going to work out. So it just makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> and that might be that might be the problem. And if you say it, the receivers might be a problem. Might be. Yeah, I mean, it might be. They don't it might be a problem, but the old the yeah. old line. Yeah, the, yeah. the old line is so good. Um, you know, obviously they lose Trent Brown, but they get Isaiah Wynn back from injury. The, that was a high pick. They have high hopes for him. If he works out – I mean, what was it? Uh, football outsiders. Every primary starter on the line last year finished in the top ten at his position in snaps per blown block. Wow! Like they, they had a great offensive line. Brady was pressured on only twenty six percent of his dropbacks last year. That was third fewest in the NFL. How do you combat having subpar receivers have great, you know, great pass car or uh, pass blocking? Just have great scheming. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be easy to get guys open if they have all day to run around. Yep. Even yep. if even if it's not Gronkowski, if they if they are taking serious downgrades, and I even don't even know if it'll be serious downgrades. I kind of like I like Nikhil Harry. Like I'm I'm jacked for him actually. Yeah, yeah. Even more seriously though than that, like they've just kind of broken the system in a bunch of different ways. Like they like. If you read kind of in, read into the advanced analytics, what people are figuring out about the way football is played, like yeah, pass rush is important, but if you have a quarterback that can get the ball out of his hands, especially fast, then it doesn't really matter how talented the pass rush on the opposing side of the field is. And guess who's the best at getting the ball out of his hand as fast as possible after the snap is Tom Brady. He's got the cognitive, you know, skills to be able to read a defense and to check into the right play pretty much every freaking time he's got you know receiving routes and options with his you know his offensive coordinator who has amazing chemistry with josh mcdaniels they know they have routes available to him uh that are quick get the ball out of your hand fast high high percentage high completion completion percentage routes available all the freaking time uh and uh and so yeah you're gonna bring up a plus pass rush. Our you know, our quarterback still, jersey is still gonna be clean at the end of the day. Uh, flip the flip the script to the defensive yeah. side of the ball. We see that coverage matters more. That's maybe the one place in the entire roster that they have truly invested a lot of capital in. Uh, with signing a free agent a couple of years ago and Stephon Gilmore, uh, and oh, uh, you know continuing to pay Devin McCourty, bringing in his brother Jason McCourty, and you know coaching up Patrick Chung uh, like that's a very 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 solid four starters uh, and then beyond them they have you know nickel and dime quarterbacks who are legitimately talented uh, specifically at coverage so yes they're going to be able to defend against the pass they're going to be able to make Pat Mahomes look a little squirmy in the pocket in the playoffs like even at home like they're going to be able to do it and you know the 
handful of weaknesses that they have. You know, they you know they have an offensive line. What do you need an offensive line to be able to do? You need an offensive line to be able to run. Uh, and guess what? You need to run in order to be able to kill the clock, to be able to protect leads, to be able to keep the other team from being able to come back in the game. And they can do that in spades. Um, you need an you need an offensive line and a running unit to get convert short yardage downs to get goal line carries and turn them into touchdowns. And they can do that absolutely with with ease at times. So you know they're they are a plus EV team everywhere you look around the you know around you know the modern NFL and what matters in today's you know to win games today. Uh, so you really can't expect anything less than uh, than excellence from them. And while I personally think the top tier of the AFC is going to be much, uh, you know, much more difficult for them to deal with in the playoffs this year. Um, you know, I'm not out here banging the drum saying, yeah, seven to one for the Pats is cheap for the Super Bowl. You get that now. They're going to go wire to wire as favorites and they're going to win it. Like, I don't think that's likely. I still think that some team is going to be able to score more points than them come playoff time because their, you know, their lack of weapons, their lack of depth at certain positions. Um, and I'm not going to be holding a Patriots future come the Super Bowl, even if they are there and even if I like them to win, which is how it went down last year. So, you know, I, I, I guess all said, like, I, I just I don't see them as kind of the clear and obvious front runners for the Super Bowl, but I get why they are. Um, I had the break even yeah. win probability. Well, you for don't have to, win to play. East. Yeah. You don't have to play everybody in the playoffs. Like, let's just. That's true. I mean, let's assume Edelman's healthy and great. The other receivers pick it up as they go. The offensive line does what they do. You talked about the defensive backfield, Studs, Gilmore, the McCordy's Chung. Let's say everything clicks and they end up with a one seed. Who's your four seed? Who do you put as? I mean, are we talking NF? Are we talking AFC North? Yeah. You know, one I of think, those three I think teams. You are. Yes. So you. You host one of those teams, and then you play the you know Colts, Colts, Chargers, Chiefs. One of those teams. At yeah. Maybe you know if you do end up with that one seed, you play the AFC North champ. I probably you never know. A wild card team can score an upset, but any wild card team that wins is going to end up going up to Foxborough because there'll be a low seed, and then you get to host uh, whoever's beat each other up over that. Hey, I'm not super excited about the numbers either. I'm not going to grab it at this point, but you know, if everything clicks, like it seems like it always does, they'll be in the AFC title game again. I don't, uh, I don't know what that number was. I know that was a, that's a number you can bet into. Like just, yeah, I think it's like minus 150. Game. Our buddy Dwayne had that. Yeah. Um, he got that at the open. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, did. he, he got that at the opener. He, he said it was, it's still at minus 150 and he has that as a value play. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I get it. Like I get, they have the inside track to home field advantage. They have the inside track to hosting, uh, the AFC title game. All of that is true, but for, you know, for various reasons, I, you know, I, I, I just, I can't see them, being able to go toe to toe, score for score with some of the higher powered offenses. And maybe this is me being ridiculous and thinking about a regular season type of matchup where you're going to have high scoring and you're going to have a tightly called game from a refereeing standpoint, as opposed to when the playoff comes and it's, you know, it's more ball control. The defense matters more because their defense is freaking good, man. Like their defense is, could be in the especially top where five it matters. from wire, especially where it matters, they could be in the top five wire to wire in the NFL this year. They do not have to work out a ton of kinks. They have, you know, you mentioned they're going to, you know, D line by committee. Like 
they'll get it figured out pretty damn quick. Um, they lost their defensive coordinator. Brian Flores is now Miami head coach. Presumably, Belichick's going to be calling the defense this year. But I think yeah, they don't really have can... a D coordinator. No, no. Truly. But I think Belichick pretty much calls it every year anyway, even though there were defensive coordinators. So yeah. that's not really something I'm worried about. Um, yeah, so what do we think? Patriots. They almost had one. The Patriots. What do you think? Patriots. <laughs> Shadow. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, I forgot about that. Um, so what do you think? Patriots go 11-5. Yeah, and, and five. Is there any way to bet At into least. this? You know, are, I mean, any any way to approach betting this team, or we just let it uh, kind of let it happen and, and think that they're priced pretty correctly? I'm going to let it slide, and then if they do do their thing where the, everybody doubts them early and the number gets any bigger, you know, a lot of – tons of factors. You have to see what's happening across the entire league to make some decisions like this, but I might look at getting into getting in bed with the Patriots, maybe week three, week four, depending how that first stretch of the season goes. Well, let's talk about and that first I just, stretch of the season. Uh, yeah. I just, I just pulled up the schedule again. You know, it, they go t- Miami in the heat. Maybe, maybe they do their thing where they play really shitty in Miami. Like they tend to do. And it is super early in the season when it is going to be warm down there. At Buffalo, Pittsburgh, at I mean, there's some there's some almost gimmies in there too, though. And at Washington and then home versus the Giants, those aren't those aren't slated to be very good teams. Yeah. So Yeah. It's it, it, I feel like I feel like they don't have the maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they don't have that early season stretch where I'm too worried. I mean, if they lose let's say they drop early to Pittsburgh, they lose at yeah. Buffalo. Uh, then, then I could be, I could definitely be talked into getting into bed with them. It's a weird the, schedule, the tough, man. The tough stretch, yeah, the tough stretch is in the middle, and that's not super conducive to no jumping it's not. in. Maybe, it's maybe, really maybe it not. will be, and we don't, we don't know. We gotta let, we gotta let it play out. Um, I guess closing on them, I had a really you, weird one. I'll tell you, they're they're. I got, I got a weird it. stat for them. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And maybe, maybe this is just. I want you to say if this is correlation or causation or if this is a you know the product of them being so smart in every aspect or just a weird stat but it was the football outsiders and the the dvoa number for them 23rd straight season with above average special teams numbers like that's just a super long time jesus like a really really long time to not have a bad special teams just above average special teams for 23 straight years those are those little things like having having a shitty kicker losing you you know it's a 16 game sample if you have a kicker lose you one game and maybe cost you cost you i mean you can have kickers lose you two three games usually those guys get cut but if you have problems (laughs) on special teams like you, you don't need to be the best special teams team in the in the in the you know the entire league, but if you're constantly year over year losing a game or two due to a kicker or special teams gaffes, you're not going to be in the top echelon like that. And I think that's just another. It's kind of a goofy little stat, but it just speaks to they do everything yeah. right. I mean, that goes back beyond the Belichick reg- regime. That's like Belichick, Pete Carroll. And oh, that's way Bill back Parcells. in the first. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, man. Um, okay, 23 so, years. I mean, we got listeners who aren't even that old. Yeah, so I think if I had to look at their schedule, if you're if you're if you're telling me when do I if I okay if you're if if I'm 
if if everything I've if we've everything we've talked about is holds true, and the Patriots do have a fast track, do have the inside track to get a home playoff game, it's stupid not to have a ticket on them to win the AFC at least, if not the Super Bowl. What um when would be the time to buy? Because the beginning usually it's the 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 go to plan is let them suck for four weeks and then buy the Patriots, right? Like that's typically how it goes, but they are playing some teams that they should absolutely, you know, they're playing three, they're playing three AFC East teams. And actually like if, if they suck, if they lose two of those three AFC East games, maybe we do have a conversation going here because it doesn't necessarily get easier for them. Their middle of their schedule is tough um, at the jets, Cleveland at Baltimore, where Cleveland and Baltimore are both coming off their buys uh, before when they come out of their bye, they play at Philly, uh, you know, and who's coming off their bye. So they do have that kind of rocky road in the middle there. But, you know, we they kind of were, we're kind of expecting the, the kind of the good Patriots to show up at that time uh, and them to kind of exceed expectations over that window. Um, you know, as are we thinking here, like uh, wait until after they play at Philly uh, and just see if they've kind of got everything figured out? Or is it going to be too late? Yeah, yeah. And it, it's so hard to say because you just don't like, where's Kansas City at that point? Where's the Chargers? Where's Indy? Like, there's so many other factors you have to figure out at that point. But I think it's definitely uh, either grab them now or or look at a spot in the middle of the season, like after Philly there, see where they're at. Because after that, after that I mean, I'm down on Dallas. I'm down on Houston. They played Dallas, Houston, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Miami. I mean, obviously, they're, yeah, they're there's four, there's four, there as well, there's but four, four of their last five games, lower end like solid wins. Yeah, four of their last five, maybe yeah, so five of their last five. They get KC in Foxborough. Let's remember this and see what the numbers are when we get after that Philly game, or even after the bye. Let's kind of revisit it. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm passing on backing higher end teams it's it's a tough proposition even though it's been good to do with the patriots <laughs> yeah three years in a row there you would have won your afc prop that if you put it at the beginning but being in the season okay so let me let me real last hypothetical last tiny last last little hypothetical uh and then um and then we move on um two-parter okay patriots after their bye play philly on the road they lose Let's say they are, they've lost four games to that point. Uh, and we are staring at, if they have lost four games, that would mean they are uh, six and four, I guess. Is that right? Yeah, they'd be six and four. Yeah. Um, what uh, if, if the Chiefs, if the Colts, if someone we don't even know, if the Browns, if the Steelers, if the Chargers, if one of these teams where two of these teams are just way out ahead of the pack. Nine and one, eight and two, right? And the Patriots are sitting there at six and four. Do we feel less confident in the Patriots getting to the AFC title game if they're the three or four seed? And they're going to have to go at Kansas City and do it again. Go at Colts. And again, do it, again, it might depend too. If it, What if it's, you know, it could get into a weird situation. What if like KC... And the Chargers are like eight and two. 
You yeah, can't both true. win it. One of those that's is true. five. You know, one is the five seed. It is going to be a weird dynamic with you know Kansas City and the Chargers both projected to be high end teams. They can't all win the division. So there's going to be there's going to be a really good five seed, I think, in the AFC. It's going to be a fun. Uh, it's going to be a fun playoffs. I'm already. Yeah. We're okay. not even to the season. I'm already looking. No, no, no. no you're, playoffs, right. you're right. You're that, right. That that would that right. would that would make me bite on it because there might be a really good six seed. There might be a really good six seed. It's yeah. very possible. Yeah, but I, think so, there will so be. I guess I guess the question is if the Patriots are on track for the three seed, even if they sweep the last five games or something like that. Like, are are we talking about a team that, that realistically could uh, could go win in the wild card round? In the Lucas Oil two, Stadium, and then win two road games in the in the divisional and AFC title game. Can they I think go the second road, one would road. be tough. I mean, they go to Indy and win. Sure. I could see that. That just seems like it just seems like a spot that uh, Belichick would thrive in. Has, so maybe it's because he has in the past. Okay, so basically, from your standpoint, it sounds like you're pretty. You feel pretty good then about the Patriots, regardless of who their matchup would be in the divisional round. As long as they're getting that home game in the wild card round, they still are on track to get a spot in the AFC title game. And at that point, yeah. it's just kind of opponent specific. Is it against Andy Reid or is it? And I still think coach? the six. I still think the. Yeah, I still think that six and four situation might not be all that likely. Even. Oh, okay. Just, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to have their early season swoon when you play Miami Jets, Buffalo right away. Mm. Even Pittsburgh. I don't know how. I still don't know how I feel about Pittsburgh. I'm still working out my thoughts on them. So, all right. Well, you okay. know, well, you're a big Patriots on. fan. I think we've given them enough love service. <laughs> Huge Patriots fan. Patriots right. and Duke. Jesus. I don't even know why I, I talked right? to you. I know, right? Well, um, I mean, you wouldn't be talking to me if I wasn't a Patriots or Duke fan, believe me, because when I was not a smart player, when I was, uh, you know, when I was uh, the public Joe out there swinging away, I definitely only retained interest in sports betting because I was winning futures on Duke and the Patriots when I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I mean, seriously, like that's the only reason I'm into this. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, We'll finish second. Who's... uh... I think Oof, really? it couldn't have been the Dolphins, could it? <laughs> how the they how the mighty were, fall have fallen. They had to be one of the biggest Pythag differences in the league. I don't oh, know what your chart biggest, says. I think. I think they were the biggest. I'm looking at the. They were the biggest. It was. Yeah. Uh, obviously, and, Dallas was pretty big too. Yeah, they were the biggest. They were two. Oh, they overperformed by two and a half wins. They won seven freaking games last year one of them which we already talked touched on was uh the patriots game with the what was that play called at the end that absolute uh shit show of a of a hail mary uh you know hook and ladder ladder, gronk miss tackled shit um anyway they they overperformed their pythag by two and a half wins um they scored 319 points against conceding 433 they had an enormous minus points differential, yet they went seven and nine to the dismay of many of us who had under tickets on the Dolphins last year. Yeah, uh, they effed me. Reasonably, they should have reasonably won four or five games. They won seven. Um, that stunk. Uh, but nevertheless, 
Um, it looked like they opened the, you know, they fire their, they fire their coach, um, Adam Gase. Oh, yeah. Uh, they jettison their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and they, uh, opened them this year in the win total market at five. Uh, the lowest of all of the AFC East teams. In fact, among the lowest in all of the NFL. The prevailing wins, the temperature of the betting community would tell you that the Dolphins are more likely to be the first overall um, pick in the NFL draft this year than they are to be in any kind of a playoff hunt. Um, Do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I... I'm looking at all my notes and I'm trying to think I'm I'm checking them off which ones are positive and which ones are negative and I I'm not finding a ton of positive. I think my only positive I have some stuff maybe future positive but Xavier Howard's a stud and Laramie Tunsil's decent and that's it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean they going back to the you know that we talked about the Patriots way and how they do it the dolphins have two picks in every round next year except the first and fifth they have a shitload of picks they're following that patriot um you know just shoot your darts in the draft get a lot of them and hope something works out which maybe that will work out here in the future but yeah as far as this year goes new quarterback new coach both new coordinators um rosen probably getting put in a bad situation but i mean would you would you be surprised if they didn't start Rosen? I mean, what would be the reasoning to not start Rosen and just see what you have going into the next draft? I guess I mean at this point he's played a bunch of games. It'd, it'd be silly. I think it'd be silly. I don't know if 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 truly they, <clears throat> I don't know if they if they truly want to tank. I guess throw in whoever, but I, I think they go with Rosen. I think they should go with Rosen. But man, I'm scared for him. They, besides tons, like the the offensive line is trash, and then they they, I mean it's it might be worse. They're gonna spend the league low on offensive linemen. They're only spending 15 million on their whole offensive line. They, in fact, their their offense will be the lowest paid offense in the league. Oh, uh, Rosen, this will be his fourth fourth play caller in over in just over 14 months. Wow. <laughs> he's wow. he's had wow. a, a rough career. Uh, well, here's a fun one. Miami's quarterbacks combined for a negative seven nev- negative sixty percent DVOA against the Blitz. The only team that was worse than that, the Cardinals. And they oh, took their quarterback. Oh Jesus. <laughs> so, oh my yeah, god. Just like I mean, I just I got more. I won't even read I, I don't want to be too negative, but like just this is the the ball might not bounce their way this year. Hopefully, because I'll probably I'll probably be fading at least their offense if that gives away anything for later. Who is the worst this, offense? This is everything's everything's lining up. Everything's lining up for this to be a pretty bad offense. And then, honestly, where was it? Oh, here from Warren Sharp. First six games of the season are. Above average pass defenses from 2008 to oh. yeah, three top ten 2018 pass defenses. But then when we do get to the second half, the passing schedule will lighten up, and maybe if they do start, you know, the magic man, 
maybe that's the reasoning. They're looking at some of the scheduling and saying, let's not just throw Rosen out there to the Wolves. Maybe have him start in the second half of the season when the defenses aren't going to be quite as tough. Either way, who knows what's going to go on down there. Either way, they are going to face the second hardest schedule of defenses, including the NFL's most difficult defense against the pass like it it is just a really (laughs) shitty perfect storm lost Cameron Wake lost Robert Quinn the linebackers you know we talked about this in a previous one you need coverage linebackers in this NFL they have the opposite of that oh geez Uh, yeah I mean there's not there's not a lot of uh there's not a lot of sunshine down there I mean it is (sighs) sunny in Miami but uh, as far as as far as something to be positive about, so I was just super negative. Do you have anything positive if you're Miami? No, I don't. Maybe the fact. I, that, I, I mean, I the don't. positive part is all the draft picks, and I don't know. Like, if Rosen truly can be worked into a starter, maybe it is better to tank this year than next year. When I, don't, I mean, yeah. maybe you're gonna I, take I, two I years know. in a row. But this isn't a quarter. I don't know. It's probably not. Not a big quarterback draft outside of a couple guys. So it'd be weird. It'd be weird if they if two 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 years in a row a team with Rosen got the first pick and took another quarterback. <laughs> God, he'd have to get I, he'd, he'd have a freaking complex by then. Jesus. Yeah. So I don't really have a good feeling about Rosen as a quarterback in the NFL. Um. I don't think you can blame all of what happened in Arizona on him by all, by spread. No, you know, by, by no means am I saying Arizona's offense was like historically bad last year because of him. Um, but it was very, very bad. They were very poor offensively. Uh, the coaching staff did him no favors. They ejected him in the middle of that game against the what the bears and they were basically like go oh lead God. go lead a game winning drive first ever snaps <laughs> like that was like a against that was like historic a show, defense against the historic defense go get him buddy like that was wild you got this. that was so fucked that they did that to him i felt uh, really bad for him oh, and that so that bad. was that was yeah, weird so and then from that point they didn't use david johnson effectively they didn't have a very solid wide receiving core around him so yes you can point to a lot of things about arizona of overall and say that was why they were problematic offensively all that said the stuff that he put on tape as far as his personal play as a quarterback was not good uh and even yet even in the first preseason game we've seen with the dolphins where he was given extended playing time like he's kind of got a noodle arm yeah like he kind of doesn't really have you know, the, he doesn't have the Patrick Mahomes kind of, um, uh, you know, zip on his passes. Uh, and granted, you know, nobody besides Patrick Mahomes really has that zip. But, you know, if you were just to say, okay, arm strength and, and ability to throw the ball down the field, you know, he's pretty clearly in the bottom five of potential starting quarterbacks in the NFL this season. So, you know, that's that's problematic. If, if, you're, if you're not surrounded by elite talent, if you're not – you know, if you're not in a, you know, a plus EV system, if you're not Jared Goff in Sean McVay's system with all of the best, you know, offensive players in the league around you, like you're going to look pretty bad uh, and you're going to lose a lot of games. And that's kind of the situation that is stacking up in, you know, in Miami this year, because, I, you know, I, I don't really have a great feel for this offensive coordinator either. He's the wide receivers coach for the Patriots uh, from p- previous seasons, Chad O'Shea. Um, not this, not Ice Cube, but a different Chad O'Shea. Um, 
And <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, man, Deep, I, I don't dig on that one. I mean, I know he's from a Patriots system. I know that Brian Flores is a Patriots guy through and through. I, you know, maybe these guys will be the first Patriots assistants to leave uh, Foxborough and find success in the NFL. But I kind of need to see it to believe it at this point, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't necessarily expect these guys to just totally surprise us, shock the world, and uh, you know, pull out uh, wins, pull wins out of their ass here, especially with this roster. Um, the weaknesses Again. are huge, huge weaknesses. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, again, like they they did that last year. You're not gonna have that much. Oh, right. Again, you know, reverse yeah, 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 right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. And just back to back years, you're not doing it. Right, right, right. Um, I don't. So- yeah, I don't know if Rosen is 100 percent suited to be, you know, a star in this this NFL. But um, at the same I- time, I don't know if he's. I, I just haven't seen him. Like he's had no continuity. His receiving his receiving situation was rough there. It might be rough here too. It's going to be a bad offensive line and th- three really suspect receivers as far as staying healthy. If yeah, he's true, you know, if he has no continuity by having all these different offensive coordinators over the last just year plus, and then he's going to run into a, a wide receivers room where people are missing extended time again, which I'd hopefully, you know, Parker Wilson stills, everyone just stays healthy. Like that would, that would super suck for him again. If you just had to deal with that shit. So it, it'll be hard to tell. We might, we might come into next year and still like, I don't know if Josh Rosen's any good yet. We still just haven't put him in a situation where he can try to thrive. It's tough to base that. I mean, I watched, I watched some of that preseason too. It's, I'm not super bullish on him, but, uh, I think we do need to see a little more. Maybe I've talked myself into them starting Fitzpatrick for a few weeks and just letting <laughs> him work with that offense more. And again, like who knows? This is another one of those where I think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be really bad. This could be your number one, your number one pick. I think they're going to fight with the Raiders for that. But uh, it's it's super high question mark with all the different all the different pieces they've changed and. I think maybe the the scale, what tips the scale is just I mean they've they've lost a lot of pieces in exchange for draft pick for next year. Yeah. And they're kind of if if they do go with Fitzpatrick, they're kind of just saying, you know, we're we're punting and we're going to try to get the young guy some time later. It could be a shitty team. But again, the, the, I mean their prices are according. I'm not going to I'm not jumping yeah, right. at like, taking the under four and a half. Yeah, that's pretty low. That's really low. Um okay, so I'll say I mean, if I'm game theorying this from the standpoint of the the Dolphins, and I'm trying to, you know, be kind of cognizant of my rebuild status and the fact that we are entering year zero of a rebuild, um, I think my strategy is wait to put Rosen in there until he absolutely represents your best chance to win a game. I do not think you throw him into, you know, throw him out there uh, and just say, well, you know, we got him. We got nothing to lose. Let's see what he's got, right? Like, I, I do not think that that is a good position to put your franchise into because I don't think you want to be in kind of the mix of the bottom three in terms of draft space and be kind of the clear and obvious everyone knows you're taking the quarterback or you need the quarterback because you lose a lot of draft leverage in that position, right? So I, I would say 
you know, your best bet is definitely to throw Fitzmagic out there. Um, your most winnable games from the Dolphins standpoint are early in the season. Um, you're hosting a handful of teams in super hot weather, Miami, which is pretty cool. You have three of your first four games at home against Baltimore, New England, and the Chargers. Now, granted, what did I just reel off? Three playoff teams <laughs> from last year yeah. that you're hosting, right? But at least you're getting them all in Miami uh, in the heat, in the September heat there. So maybe you catch one or multiple of those teams a little uh, a little off their A-plus game because they happen to be down in, in Miami. Um, we know my we know that Patriots for whatever reason play like absolute dog shit when they're down at Hard Rock Stadium. So, um, you know that's potentially a week two, uh, you know, shock the world kind of game. Um, I mean, you know, again, you know, same with Baltimore. Like Baltimore is rolling out a new offense. Like they might look a little rocky week one. Like as cold and as as lousy as I feel about the chances of the Miami Dolphins for this campaign. If they're 2-0 after two weeks and everyone's like, oh, people wrote off the Dolphins. They beat two playoff teams. Like, yeah, that kind of shit happens. Every year that that kind of stuff happens. I, you know, it would not shock me at all for them to go 2-0 and then 0-14 over the next 14 games. Like, their schedule down the stretch is utterly, ridiculously difficult. Um, They have four road games in their last six all four road games in their last six are in cold weather windy situations they go back to back in the meadowlands in december awful place to play especially if you're a warm weather team um they got to play they get home games versus philly and cincinnati in that stretch too and i mean realistically whoever wins that week 16 game against cincinnati probably loses out on their opportunity at the first overall pick um, so, you know, if this thing is, if this thing is sideways halfway through the season, if they have a extended losing strict stretch through the middle here, which I think is very imminently possible, um, I think they're losing out down the stretch as well and, uh, positioning themselves for the first overall yeah. pick. So, Just, you know, everything, everything adds up. Spo- spoiler on the rest of the, yeah, the rest of the division, spoiler alert, like I'm, I'm trending a little upwards. I'm not saying like beat the Patriots for the division crown, but if what we think will come through and the Bills and the Jets are a little better than they were and Miami's a little worse, I mean, they could theoretically go 0-6 in the division. They're oh, – I'm just spun through the the lines, the look-ads. They're, only, they're favored in three games. They're all home games, and they're all by one or one and a half. Oof. And, I mean, they're against very bad teams. So, I mean, they're like they a one-point favorite hosting they one. Coin, the, the, let me guess. They have coin flip, flip from home Washington. Game, home yeah. games against Washington, Cincinnati, and who? The Jets? Those are their three coin, coin flip I think it was games? Buffalo. Buffalo, okay. I, right. I want to say it was the Buffalo game. Okay. Okay. And Buffalo, Buffalo <laughs> will be on a back-to-back. I mean, it, it's a tough spot, but those, those are all like, yeah, when they're favored, they're a one-point favorite. You You know what the line is? Uh, versus New England there at home hosting the Patriots. Week two, uh, New England by a touchdown. Yeah. Oof. It's I'll nine on, on the. I'll prob- it's not nine. My, Patriots minus nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Wow. God, I'm gonna. You wait for the Patriots Dolphins, to score, and then you you you, you take you take the Dolphins like plus fourteen and a half right away. Yeah, absolutely. Dolphin slide yeah, every time. It's happening every time. So. Every time. God, 
It's going to be so gross. Um, although I don't even know if they come back against the Patriots because they can't score themselves. Like that's going to be a defensive bloodbath. Um, okay. Well, man, Ooh, yeah, if you let's have, talk about if, that. if you bet, if you bet, if you bet, uh, if you bet the under four and a half on the, um, on the dolphins and they happen to beat Baltimore and new England and they happen to beat Washington week six and they're sitting at three and two, well, you're talking crazy I, talk. I think, I think you still have, a, I think you still are likely to get that under honestly, because after that Washington game, it's, it's bedlam. It's, uh, it's absolute bedlam. They are they are hosed the rest of the way until that sixteen week sixteen game against Cincinnati, which is a coin flip. So yeah, I think I think the Dolphins are your your prototypical four and twelve, three and thirteen, fighting for the first overall pick. Um, but they're going to be good to bet unders in game by game betting. I got to tell you, they can cover Xavier Howard, legitimately good. They do have uh, they do have going, decent he, coverage. Yeah. Xavier Howard is going to wipe a wide receiver one off of the field every single game he plays, uh, and you know it's it's going to be tough to pass on this on this secondary in general. I think they have pretty talented four uh, back there for their their secondary grouping here, um, better than than the uh, than the Jets secondary who we're going to get to later on in this podcast. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're looking at a relatively frisky defense um and uh wouldn't be surprised at all if uh if i'm betting unders if they're in the 45 to 48 ballpark against teams that are having you know have have kind of lopsided passing attack especially you you know important wide receiver ones in their passing attack um that'll be uh that'll be good spots to uh to fade you know to 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 come in under the total um you want to move down the list to the Buffalo yeah, Bills. Same. I'm, yeah, I like that. I can't remember who somebody somebody said that in the research. Same thing. Just there. I'm not 100 percent sure what's going to happen with this, but they said they're going to move Minka Fitzpatrick around quite a bit. Yeah, he's good. If he picks he's really it up, good. if he picks it up a second year, him saving Howard, they could have a yeah. good coverage team, and they could be an under team where they're you know they're losing 21 to three. Yeah, because the offense right. may be may be atrocious. So, yeah, let's uh, let's move down to the next team in the standings. The six and ten from last year, Buffalo Bills, circling the wagons around Josh Allen this mm. year. And I, as much as I hate this team, and I hate, I shouldn't say hate because there's probably good ones, but they have kind of a weird Twitter following. They have they have some really outspoken weirdos on Twitter that really 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 <laughs> like to get behind uh, behind some of their some of the theories and uh, this yeah. is another team they they overperformed a little bit in the Pythag. It was a goofy team. I got to watch them live one game. <laughs> oh yeah, Did they, were, like, were they as bad as they eight, look on Pythag? Yeah, and <laughs> it goes to a lot of the stats I have are going to show. Like, Josh Allen is a freak athlete. He is super, super inconsistent with his arm. He's inaccurate with his arm. Some of that might have had to do with some of the pressure he faced. But, um, you know, everybody talks about Chicago. This was like a sneaky, great defense. Not good, great and yeah. they will face the sixth easiest easiest opposing offensive schedule this year. Yeah. So it could be like a weird it could be a weird year. I'm I'm really really not sure. After I did some research on this team, I don't know how to feel about this team. I think they could be like a sneaky 
a sneaky team that has a chance at a winning record if if a few things fall their way because they if they just change a few things i don't know they they really had some questionable play calling they really didn't get anything out of mccoy and they did have some they did have a few weird injuries and they had a rookie quarterback again another team another second year quarterback he had a really shitty year god where was it dvr football outsiders i think he had a negative 35.9 DVOA as far as uh and as far as rookie quarterbacks that qualified, he was 68th out of 80. But at the same Jeez. time, other God, what was it? They took the then at the same time they took that list of the 10 worst first round quarterbacks in their rookie years for their DVOA numbers. Stafford, McNabb, and Goff were in that list. Like you can have a bad rookie year and still bounce back, and those are all pro bowlers. So it, it was a weird year on offense. He's an athlete; he can run, but at the same time, you need a little more out of a quarterback. So I think a lot's going to come down to how they use him and how he reacts, and if he can increase the accuracy a little. Which they yeah, got, they got a good receiving back. I mean, they brought in T.J. Yeldon. They added Cole Beasley. They brought in Brown. The wide receiver core is going to be a little better. And then they just oh, what was this one? They they you know I want you to guess the over under here on their average yards to go on third down. Oh man, uh, just, just guess a number seven yards to go on third down. Eight point three. Eight point three on third. Oh my god, those are average. They had very very very. That's the worst in the league. I was being they sarcastic. had very very seven. low. It was eight point yeah, three seven. Very, very low success on early downs. Early down success is super important. We found that out. They called minus EV plays. They were not. They were not good on first and second down. And you get yourself a young quarterback with some questionable pieces around him, and you give him eight point three yards to go on third down. I guess Bravo for winning six games. Like it's probably a good result. Uh, here, this is a fun one. You know what their yeah. first? Yeah, you know what their yeah they did have some weird ones too. You know what their first their most highest success rate on first and ten the play was? It was Josh Allen running the ball. Scramble, yeah, sure. Their most successful play, yeah. Their most their most successful second and long play. Josh Allen running Josh the ball. Allen scramble, yes, yeah, yeah. Second and medium. Those <laughs> it, uh, it was Allen runs. Oh, and you know what their sex, most successful third and short play was? <laughs> it was when Josh Allen Yes. <laughs> so basically the only success they had, not only, but their highest successful plays were just, a lot of them were broken plays because a lot of that was just, uh, you know, kind of a symptom of the rest of the offense. Their offense with, was uh, really quite freaking just, bad last year it was really yes. bad i i would even was not say that uh i mean yeah obviously like you know the the um quarterback scrambles and quarterback sneaks are huge plus ev plays you know they have huge plus epa because they are surprises there's not really a great way to account for count for them uh on the defensive side of the ball even a guy like you know lamar jackson where you know it's coming it's still very difficult to stop him because he's so damn fast and he can you know he's got the whole damn field to work with so it's it's um it's 
those are very good positive plus EV plays. And uh, around Josh Allen last year was a pretty weak team. Uh, his receivers could not get any separation. When they did get separation, they dropped the ball routinely. Um, they have Shady McCoy. It's damn old for being a, a running back who is expected to be featured the way that they are counting on featuring him. Their offensive line was really poor last year. All of this is true. Um, and they did a decent job, I think, of trying to address those factors. Um, I guess bringing in Yeldon is fine, uh, but I don't know why they signed Frank Gore. Um, I mean, you know, running backs are, are what they are, I guess, but, um, you know, they, they need to figure out some answer that's that's a little bit more dynamic than what they were trotting out there last year for sure. Um, and, you know, the, the investment at the wide receiver position should pay off. You have a guy that can chuck, absolutely chuck it downfield. Um, if you have a wide receivers that can go get separation and get under it, you can probably get some home run plays. That'll be cool to see. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, this team lives or dies with this defense and that's the way Sean McDermott has kind of been coaching this team, right? Like if they are, if they are, they are a good kind of three and out machine, this defense, um, good third down stoppage, good kind of giving their offense short fields. Right. And, um, you know, they have, a freaking easy schedule. Just like we said with the Patriots, this Bills schedule yeah. is incredibly easy. And their win total is relatively low. Um, it has been the most bet over across the entire board uh, if you go based solely on uh, change in price. Um, they opened it at six, got bet up to six and a half. It's now sitting at a seven, a juicy seven to the over. Um, and seven and nine, eight and eight, that feels like the right landing spot for a team that has kind of a clear, obvious top five defense and a clear, noteworthy home field advantage. Um, although they did take away any opportunities to take advantage of warm weather teams or dome teams uh, come December. There are not any really gross, wild potential for snowball games, which is a bummer. Um, Two years ago, that game against uh, was it two years ago now? The uh, Jacoby Brissett and the Colts oh, outdoors Colts. in the snow against Shady McCoy, who scored the game. Terry with the knuckleball awesome. kick. The knuckleball oh, kick. That was so that was cool. A fun game. Yeah, like you're not going to get a, a no way. Team we talked about that in the. We talked about that a little in the the scenario, the scheduling podcast there. Like the the games that they'll host from week twelve on. And it's Denver, Baltimore, and the Jets. Like they're all just, yeah. I mean, maybe not Denver as much, but they're all northern-ish, cold weather-ish teams. If they don't get a big advantage bringing, you know, Miami up there, somebody of that ilk. In fact, they play a lot of cold weather teams just in general. Just Miami, really, twice. Yeah. Yeah. Schedule is not terrible. Um, I I don't think they're going to be as much of a maybe as much of a under team to bet, like the, the totals will be low. It's They're a great defense, it's a shitty offense. Yeah. I expect, I expect to see, I expect some 39s to pop. Like when they play, when What's they host the Jets, Cincinnati, the Jets what game would you like put 37 that right now? Uh, 37, 36. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's gonna be really, really low. Same against the Dolphins, too. Those are gonna yeah, be gonna really, be some, really low. There's gonna be some 30s. It'll be week uh, one against the Jets. What do you think that total without fun. looking right now? What's the week one total against the Jets? 38 and a half? 38 and a half. Good call. Right on the nails. It's it? regular well, it's, I thought yeah. you went a little low. Yeah, it's Jets minus three. It's um, 38 and a half those are going to be so frustrating. 
Oh, Those yeah. are going to be such frustrating games. games for people. Horrible games oh, to watch. 38? I'm going to take, I'm gonna take to that. No, they're going to be Somebody's going to tease over. that to 32. <laughs> Just <laughs> die when it's 3 nothing at half. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man. Oh, that's good. Yeah, this is going to be these. If you like defensive football, God, I wish they, I wish they did play the Bears. That'd be a super fun game to watch a, a total of like 33. Yeah, you want to hear an interesting? Oh, and wrinkle? like you said, the Miami, the Miami matchups, the Miami yeah. matchups are going to be, those could be super gross if you like offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You want to hear an interesting wrinkle on their schedule while we're on schedule for this team? Yes. The I Bills. I see it. If if they get if they get their wins, if the Bills have a nice little season in them and they win their seven or eight games, um, you know when they're going to do it? It's going to be in the first half of the season. And you know why? They only leave New York State one time between opening day and week 10. They have at New York, at New York, home, home. At Tennessee, week five is their only game outside of the state of New York. And then they get there by three home games, Miami, Philly, Washington, I mean, basically, this team is camped out in New York for two months. No month of November. They're heading to – even that, at Cleveland, that's not particularly far from Buffalo. Um, and then they got one at Miami, one at Dallas, at Pittsburgh, at New England, rounds out their road schedule. They travel by neither, far. Neither of those are all that far. They travel by far the least amount of any team in the NFL. And it's and it, it's – it's so friendly on the front end here. Like, I, I mean, honestly, like the fact that they don't leave New York until November is, except for Tennessee, is insane. Uh, I can't remember seeing a schedule this friendly as far as travel goes uh, in a really long time. So, a defense is going to be fresh, uh, and they're you know they may they may be on the field for a lot of downs, um, but they certainly aren't going to be wearing the wear and tear of, of the road. Um, so, uh, factor that in for sure. Um, let's talk about real quick Jets or or Bills here. Because you ask enough you ask 50, you ask a hundred <laughs> you ask a hundred people who finishes second in the AFC East, you ask a hundred handicappers who follow closely the NFL, you could probably get fifty fifty here between Jets and Bills. Uh people you know the, the fifty percent that weight defense more heavily are gonna say Bills. The 50% that weighed quarterback more heavily are going to say Jets. And a lot of kind of who is the sneak contender in the AFC East comes down to this week one game. Bills at the Jets. Uh, Jets are at home. They're three-point favorites. That's pretty much their home field advantage in the Meadowlands. Uh, is that, you know, their books are telling us, the market is telling us these are dead-even teams. Um, do you think that if they win that week one game against the Jets, that they have the inside track then in being the surprise AFC East team? Uh, or are you more still siding with the Jets? No, for sure. And honestly, maybe if you asked me this two weeks ago, I'd have been the other way around. But just the Jets, and we'll get to this, the Jets have had a shitload of injuries already. And I like Buffalo's schedule a little bit better. Um, you know, we talked about the offense might suck, but – He's got a big arm, and that John Brown, he's a burner. Like, you might see a connection there. Like, just throw it to you. Maybe go Flacco. Just have him run down the field and underthrow him by 10 yards and get big chunks of yards through the refs. 
You can throw a flag at her. You can throw the challenge flag on that now. And Cole, Cole Beasley out of the slot. Cole Beasley, just, yeah. all he does is catch balls. Yeah. He's he's a good – you know, I don't want to put him in like super high-end slot wide receiver, but it's not a terrible situation at receivers if you can get him some time and if he's a little more accurate. And maybe maybe they'll have to just scheme to that. The good team hey. schemed to player strengths. You, you, can't, you can't teach accuracy. You got to give yeah. them plays where accuracy just kind of happens because it's a nice, easy crossing pattern or just a nice, easy stick. I don't know. Just they, they have to do something to make him a threat with his arm more than he was last year if they want to get to you know an eight and eight, nine and seventeen. Okay, let me let me ask you a quick question. Um, I agree with all your takes, by the way. Okay, so quick question though: there are three quarterbacks entering this season, young quarterbacks who will be going into their second year starting who all have accuracy problems. Bears, Mitchell Trubisky, Ravens, Lamar Jackson, and Bills, Josh Allen. We have heard a lot of hand-wringing, a lot of clamoring about how poor the Bears' offenses looked in practice, about how Trubisky's inaccuracies are still a problem, and it's very real. We've heard a decent amount about Lamar Jackson's passing woes uh, and a lot of clamoring about that. We've not really heard much about Josh Allen. Although I have to tell you, at the end of last season, I would have ranked him kind of at the highest of these problems of these three quarterbacks in terms of his ability to make an accurate pass. Are we is this a is this full on selection bias? Is this full on there's a lot of media and news covering the Bears, high high expectations, high expectations for the Ravens, and so we're hearing and seeing a lot of that and we're yeah, just I mean, not two getting teams that made same. the playoffs. So we're just yeah, not like getting the, the news and reports from the Bills, or have the Bills like are they developing him? Like could he surprise us and be like an act like a competent quarterback from a regular down passing situation this year or is that too much to ask from a guy who is as raw as Josh Allen and he's not I mean I mean I like I like Sean McDermott as a coach like I get it like he's overachieved with this team regular you know two years going now um, but they don't have the the kind of the coaching um, chops to coach up a quarterback of this mat you know the, the prospect with this much to grow as far as i could tell you at least i would be surprised if they can do it but am i being short-sighted could we see a huge leap in josh allen's production this year no i think the coaching staff is more defensive minded they i think that's that goes without saying i'm not super high on the offensive coordinator i don't think the out of those three maybe i'm I mean, they all kind of are defensive-minded uh, coaching staff. So yeah. you really want to get down to it, but I'm I'm not super super excited about the situation he's in. Just as far as the the offensive coaches he has up there, and I think I think you're right. It's just getting less talk because it wasn't a team that uh, maybe overperformed. It wasn't a team that made the playoffs last year where the other two are. And I I don't think you can teach accuracy. I worry about all three of those guys. I just think. 
I just think it's going to be another defensive year where he runs the ball a lot. I don't know. It'll it'll okay. be cool if, uh, if I mean it'll be cool for B- Bills fans if the new receivers work out. Like I think the wide receiver situation is improved. Having Yeldon improves things. Honestly, Frank Gore outperformed Shady last year. If you look at the stats, yeah, granted Shady he was, was getting used differently, and 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 Shady was bad. If, if they can get anything out of him, and probably I don't think he's he's probably his last year there. If they get anything out of him, it, it might be an okay offense. I just I don't see it. It'll it'll be real interesting to see if if he can make anything out of it. But again, you can't teach accuracy. Who knows? Maybe they can coach him up. If they can, it's it might be a winning record because this defense is for real, and we have not even mentioned who they drafted, which yeah, goes no, to they, show again they, 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 put, they, put more, right. team. they put even more draft they, capital to their defense. They true. lucked. I thought they lucked into it. Like I did that was a I super did nice too. pick. There were spots. There's there were spots in the season where they, they were talking about him first overall. I mean, during the college uh, season. Yeah, I was surprised so he didn't go. Getting at Oliver, obviously, and. It, uh, that's another one where I, I'll be watching, especially in the preseason, seeing how they're going to use him because it's you know it's not the AAC. You can't start him at nose like they were. So I, I guess they said he'll probably be a three technique guy. I don't care how you use him. I think he's, he's going to be yeah, good, especially with the talent, especially the talent around him. This could be a super stingy defense where the Bills are losing games where they only give up like fourteen points. It could be a super frustrating year if the offense doesn't turn it around a touch. Because, like you Listen said, they did win some about fluky black games and blue. last year. Yeah. Listen to us talking about the yeah. black and blue AFC. No, <laughs> this, yeah, this this could be like a yeah, super, super defensive. Well, even the Patriots, like super high on uh, parts of their defense. This could be a super defensive uh, division. Yeah, Tredavious White, we haven't mentioned him. He's an outstanding young piece in the coverage oh, coverage yeah. scheme for the Bills. Um, yeah, no, the I young, think, young I, linebacker from last year. But yeah, I mean, I think we're, I don't think we're focusing on the wrong things here. Like, yeah, you want to be bullish and glowing about the Bills. Like, yeah, talk about their defense, sure. But a lot of it does boil down to what is what happens with Josh Allen. Like, do they put a system around him that he can succeed in as a passer? Um, and, you know, if he's not succeeding as a passer, do they let him use his athleticism, right? Like, I mean, if we watch this Jets game week one and they are legitimately putting emphasis on not having him scramble as much or trying to force him to, you know, make reads and make accurate passes and it's not working, then, you know, that's red flag city, right? Like, like if they have to kind of let him be him uh, and let him gain yards on the ground. And it's, it's absolutely hysterical that, you know, Lamar Jackson and, and Josh Allen deserve to be in the same conversation as far as their kind of strength and weaknesses as quarterbacks, but here we are. So go figure. Um, Jets, or do you got any closing thoughts on the Bills? Jets. Did you make any Bills uh, bets, no, by the way? Like Did just, you get on the over before if you, it if got you, steamed up? No, and I, th- I think at this point, like, I can late. see why. I think that number did it that number did open a little low. I can see why people piled on him. That defense is going to keep him in games if they can get anything out of the offense. I mean, six and a half was was probably a low number. I, I just I don't see a team competing with the Patriots. Like betting another team to win the AFC East is probably a sketchy play at this point. If you think the Jets or Bills are a sneaky team to slide into, you know, the ten win territory. 
you can get both of them at three, three and a half to one to make the playoffs. Hey, let me ask like, you: If you really want to go, like, if you want to go hard, like that's your alt over for uh, from alt overs, because the highest alt over I'm seeing for like Jets and Buffalo is eight and a half. If you want to go hard, like they win ten games, plus three hundred, plus three fifty for those two teams to make the playoffs might not be a bad way to go. Or just uh, maybe even some props. You can bet some. You can bet some Allen props over thirty one fifty for yardage, seventeen and a half for touchdowns. His rushing yards are six sixty five. I mean, if wow. if, they, if wow, you think wow, it's more wow. of the same, that might that might that might cash. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you a hypothetical. If you could go back in time to when they opened the win totals market, uh, and let's say that you had like serious juice and you could walk up to the counter and be like, I want 67% more than my normal limit. Uh, and I want to bet the (laughs) bills and I want to bet the bills over six, right? Like if you're that big of a deal, um, do you do it? Knowing now that it's at six, it's at seven, and it's juiced to minus one thirty. Like, like if you could go well, back yeah, in time, I mean, it, I, I'm, I, I asked that in, in a silly way, but like, but if you could go back in time, would you take bills over six? Well, knowing what I know now, yeah, I mean, we have a huge, a huge uh, bunch of CLV on that. God, did he play all the games last year? He had like six hundred and thirty no, no. yards he, he, rushing last he year. He didn't. He didn't start. I, how many did games. he miss? He didn't start the first three. Got I don't it. think he started until close to when. Uh, oh, did he? Oh no, he might have actually. No. Oh, maybe he I'm only wrong, started 11, 11 games. No, he started eleven games. He played in twelve. Inj- he missed his injury, and he had. Well, didn't they just start the season with uh, someone else? What am I forgetting about this year? No, they shipped that, they shipped Tyrod uh, Taylor of, and they started him in week one and they got their brains beaten by the Ravens. Yeah, he had some, he had some injuries for sure then. Because he only yeah, he started eleven, played twelve. He only had three hundred and twenty attempts for two thousand yards, but he ran for a lot of yardage in eleven starts. Oh, they might have started. They might have started. Six hundred and thirty-one games, six hundred and thirty-one yards, and eight touchdowns. They started the first two games with Nathan Peterman, maybe, and then they brought in Josh Allen, and then Josh Allen got hurt, and they had two games started by Derek Anderson, and then Josh Allen finished the season. Oh man, I forgot about that. That sounds about right. Okay, so if you could go, I try to erase Peterman from my mind too. If you could go back in time, you'd bet over six or over six and a half with with a better juice. Okay. Yeah, even just without the move, like in hindsight, just doing the research, like God, this this team might have the juice if we can get the offense doing almost anything. So That's such a it's a last one easy schedule. It's amazing. All right, the Jets, J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I have been on a roller coaster of emotion with this Jets team. I cannot tell you what is going on with the way I perceive them. Uh, it may just be that there's a shitload of media coverage. Uh, it may be that I just don't have a good read at all on this team. And so I'm all over the map, but, um, over the off season when things were going to hell and they were firing their general manager after the draft and Adam Gase was making googly eyes at the camera, uh, all of those things. I was like, this team, this franchise is so fucked. Like they are not on the right track. Fade, fade, fade. Awful, awful, awful. We get closer and closer to the regular 
you know, the preseason starting, camp reports coming out. You get all these, you know, all this footage of Darnold and you get, you know, you get a read on what this offense is doing. And, you know, Gase is taking control of this team and Gase is running, you know, saying the right things about, you know, his approach. And they bring in a couple of nice pieces to put around him and guys like Crowder and, you know, I guess guys like Bell. I mean, you know, obviously we don't think of paying a running back as a plus EV move for a franchise standpoint, but he's there nonetheless. Um, now you got to use him and you can, and he's got the talent, so why not? But, you know, they, they have kind of all of the markings of an offense on the come up. Um, and they, they're even doing things on the move in the right, you know, in the preseason, bringing in, uh, Ryan Khalil out of retirement to, to bolster their offensive line at center. Like they're doing lots of these things. Yeah. What a, like, what a get. What a get. Yeah. Right. So as we kind of get closer and closer to the preseason starting, I'm like, I'm drinking the green Kool-Aid. I'm like, wow, man, this Jets team being slept on. Then Darnold's got the goods. You know, like he's got, you know, he's got, I'm reading all these reports. He's got chemistry with these guys. He's got Crowder out there now. Crowder's a nasty piece out of the slot. You know, you know, they got, uh, who's the guy that uh, wanted to, uh, wanted to do terrible things Robbie to the Anderson. police officer. I know Robbie Anderson. Say they got yep. Robbie Anderson. Robbie he's Anderson. Good. He's a good deep threat. Like, like they have a legitimate, like, like uh like receiving threats all over the place, including Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield. Like like this team's gonna be gonna be damn frisky. And then they get bit by the injury bug like crazy. And now I'm cooling off oh again. My God. So now, I now have... I'm I'm standing under yeah. a cold shower after I was like walking up to the brink talk getting ready to talk to myself since the Jets are gonna win the AFC East. And now I'm just like, I don't know. I was now close I just, too. I now I just like hope it's not, you know, it's not all for lost because they've just gotten, you know, too many, too many minus signs on there, you know. Too many important pieces on the, on you know, on the IR. Like, what, what's your, what's your read? You, you been on the same kind of roller coaster journey here, like buying into the Jets. I have to, yeah. Especially when I did start some of the research, because it's one of those things where I feel like sometimes I'm just, you know, regurgitating media narratives or things I thought I saw. But sure. The, the last four games, when coming back from the foot injury, he was better. There's stats to show it, and not only that, just like Darnold, he has the tools. It's just it wasn't a good team. They play. They faced the third toughest opposing defenses last year, as far as a whole. They had a ton of injuries at a few spots, and uh, you know, not only that, but Darnold had the foot injury. Or was the one? It's from this from Warren Sharp. Seventy six percent of Darnold's pass attempts came while trailing. When you're behind and you're throwing a ton, I mean, the defense, they have an inherent edge immediately, just knowing you're throwing all the time because you're behind. You're behind by multiple scores. When he was behind, he had like a 50, yeah, 54 for a passer rating. When he was throwing while ahead, he had 113 for a passer rating. I'm guessing most quarterback splits are like that, but it was that's that's a huge chasm in there. And th- I mean, all that has me excited. But then, like you said, and the Ryan Khalil thing. I mean, what a get! You don't get the you don't get Mitch Morris. He actually, I think he went to the Bills. Good get for the yeah. Bills, I think. Solidified yeah. center. But then they Same. get Ryan. They get Ryan Khalil out of nowhere. But then, yeah, Tremaine Johnson gets hurt. The the starting left guard. I can't say his name. Kalichi Ozmo. Uh, pectoral strain. Oh, yeah. Uh, this. 
defensive lineman, Henry Anderson, concussion. Brian Winters, week-to-week with a shoulder injury. Leonard Williams, he's working his way back from a hip injury. They had an undrafted rookie that was getting starts with the – or getting some snaps with the ones. He had to leave practice with a hamstring injury. I mean, this is just – that that was that was all from one article. Like that's just one thing I pulled today. I don't I don't even know if I covered everything. That is a shitload of injuries right away. They're turning into the East Coast Chargers. That could be rough. And then I guess my only other thing, as far as super negatives, I just Greg Williams. Yeah, I still don't think he's good. If he if he if he can't play pay bounties, I'm not sure he's a good coach. He, he does some minus EV things. The only thing I really love from him is that he he likes to blitz. He's aggressive. Defensive backs. Yeah, I think that's a plus move. Yeah, he's super aggressive. Um, yeah, Cleveland. He's Cleveland got the wrong mix. Super of high aggress- as far as he's got the wrong sacks, mix sacks of, coming uh, from the second level. Yeah, he's got the wrong mix of aggressiveness and um, uh, and conservatism, though, in my opinion. Uh, and I've never really liked Greg Williams' defenses. And our uh, our buddy Suma put out that tweet that got you know lit the world on fire about he's at it again. You know, putting the safety at the goal line when it's third and eight and they're on the twenty. Like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Uh, like that is a that is a staple of the Greg Williams' defense as long as we've seen him. Uh, you know, in the uh, in the league, and it is a problem uh, the way the modern NFLs are playing pass pass offense so yeah i i gotta i gotta agree with you man if the jets get it done this year it's not going to be on defense it's going to be in spite of their defense uh and it's going to be on the back of sam Darnold making a pretty sizable leap uh into kind of you know i am i should be considered a you know a, a franchise corner piece quarterback in the league and i think that's not impossible right like what's your temperature on sam Darnold? like after this dust settles, he plays 16 games this year. Are we kind of considering him in the top half of quarterbacks across the league? I mean, very, we very well could. Like I said, he he had some really. Boy, I was excited week one. He looked good week one, but apparently, was that the was that the Lions game where they knew the play calls? Yes, like, it it's was. easy to look good if you if you know. I don't know if they knew it on both sides of the ball, but boy, that they was knew the a, offensive play that calls. Was, and they they pick six Stafford like three times, didn't they? they definitely yeah, that was that was. Well, not only that, yeah, the, they were just he was ahead. He was getting to play with the lead right away. He looked good. There were some there were some rough patches in there. Apparently, the foot injury was worse than we thought at first. He ended up sitting out, and then he looked good in those last four games. If we can move forward with that, I think we'll be in good shape. I'm trying to be close on the Jets. Um, Crowder, Anderson, Anunua, and Le'Veon Bell, you could do a lot worse. And even with some injuries, I think the offensive line will be slightly improved. If you get a little more time and some decent pieces around him like that. We'll see. If he can play like he did in those last four games, yeah, I think top half of the league for quarterbacks. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. I think Darnold is good. He's super young too, and he's got all the – he checks all the boxes. Uh, and maybe maybe the right thing to do is just to kind of look for the right opportunities to back the Jets when they have uh, you know when they have a clear advantage in the passing game. Um, and uh, – is that week one against the Bills? Do they beat the Bills week one? Hmm. Is is mine is Jets minus three the exact right line for that game? 
It probably is. Boy, the, the Bills, oh, like we just said, the Bills are going to be a very tough defense to do anything against. So that might be a tough way to start with uh, some of these new people. I, and Le'Veon Bell not going to OTAs kind of bothers me too. He's the guy, you know how he is? He dances behind the line. Like offensive linemen don't love that, how he runs, I'm sure. I mean, people have even said that. They, he's such a overly patient runner. Like yeah. Doing that with an, a new set of offensive linemen, hopefully he's getting a ton of work with those guys. Yeah. I, I don't know. He might he might be shitty to start the season. I wouldn't love taking any overs on him. What about rushing under prop for him? What's his total? 11.25. Oh, God. I, I Give me that under all freaking day. Oh, He's going to be used to right now. Oh, is it really? What's the number? Well, not bad. One one forty five to the under. Yeah, that's a lot. What's uh, what's his what's his receiving yard? Do you know if he does he have a receiving yards prop? Six hundred and a half. See now that Plus now we're talking. The over. Now we're talking. That's the that's the that's the angle because he's going to be a huge part of the passing game for this offense. But he is going to have uh, he's going to have a tough road to hoe in the running game, in my opinion. Um, I would look for the receiving yards over for Le'Veon Bell and the rushing yards under. Um, God, rushing plus receiving is pretty damn tight. Seventeen twenty-six. Yeah, that's a stay away. Um, okay. Well, well, I mean, a whole different offense. Obviously, experienced quarterback, much better receivers. But you know, twenty fifteen aside, with the not playing a bunch of games, twenty fourteen, sixteen, and seventeen, he did have. He he would clear that six hundred. He had eight. He had eight hundred and fifty four receiving yards that twenty fourteen yeah. season where he had the Jesus, the two thousand all purpose. Jesus, like, see his, his all purpose his yeah. all purpose yards are like seventeen. Seventeen twenty five. You know, I, I guess I I'd, I I'd, I'd lean more towards the receiving than the all purpose because I do think the rushing yards will go under. What do we think of this Jets schedule? Because it's pretty easy too. I mean, they got to play the Patriots twice, which is obviously a negative. But other than that, this is not a very tough schedule. They get to, they don't have very many disadvantaged spots. Uh, they really don't have, um, you know, they they they're two disadvantaged spots at Miami and at Washington are games that they should probably win anyway. Um, you know, they they I guess, yeah. I guess what I what I really want to know is the AFC East. We've talked about it ad nauseum in this podcast. It's just set up that the whole division is playing easy schedules this year, right? What does that generally translate to is a playoff team beyond your division winner. Like, that's that's how this works, right? Like, there's going to be attrition between the likes of the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns, right? Like, that's going to make it that much harder for whoever loses out on the AFC North to take to pick up a wild card spot. Same sort of thing with uh, potentially with the at least uh, with the Chiefs and Chargers, maybe with the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos, depending on how you look at things. Like, what are the chances that somebody sneaks in and steals a playoff spot uh, between these Bills and Jets? Because these are damn decent odds. Jets plus three hundred to make the playoffs. Bills like twenty five percent. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like. Like that. Yeah, obviously, but like I like I have, and that's like that's why with the Bills, I have the Jets and the Bills at ten percent chance to win the AFC East, shock the world, and win the AFC East. Like if you just said telling me like another fifteen percent chance they steal a wild card, like that's that's the that's the plug, right? Like getting better than three to one for the Jets or the Bills to make the playoffs. Like one of those teams is doing it, 
We just got to figure out which one. <laughs> Maybe. I still think the AFC is super tough. And even even with the attrition in the other divisions, it's clearly – and maybe, maybe as far as taking away the top team in each division, maybe it's a little bit ahead of the AFC South. If we truly think the maybe the Bills and Jets aren't better, but the easier schedules are going to be such a boon that they will be in the hunt. And I think, yeah, like I said with the Bills, if you think one of these teams truly, truly overperforms, that's your ultimate alt total is one of them to make the playoffs. Sneaking yeah. into the sixth seed with nine, nine, ten wins, something like that. Yeah. Because you can get the alt over eight and a half at, you know, plus one third or plus one fifty, somewhere around there. Probably a little more than that. And if you really want a bigger number and you, you truly believe and you you think one of these quarterbacks is gonna take a big step forward. I gotta tell you plus three fifty, plus three hundred. I, I, I think week, that's the angle if you want to back one of these teams. I gotta tell you, one week ago. I would have I would have made a strong case for it being the Jets. I would have really I would have stumped for it even. Uh, and and we saw Sam Darnold play one series and he was magical. And yet here I sit today and I actually think the Bills are the right one. Is that nuts? They have. I more, think we need a couple more, more weeks. You think you think <laughs> I need to just cool my Jets? I need to put some ice in my pants. And I'm not betting my plus three fifty on Bills to make the playoffs today. Is what you're telling me? Yeah, and, and not, I mean, all those Jets injuries, none of them were like popped an Achilles, tore an ACL, you know, Liz Frank, nasty one, turf toe right. even. We didn't even get right, any but of guess that. What? I mean, a lot, of them are, all, a lot of them are week to week, you know. But guess what? Guess what they all impact? Week one at home versus the Bills. Probably the most pivotal game in that kind of contest, right? Like the Bills win that game. They have, they have the next – eight weeks is paid with opportunities for them to pick up wins at home. Right? Like they absolutely are set up for gold. If they can get off a little bit of momentum in that week one uh, game against the jets. I'm, I'm flip-flopping, man. I'm, I'm starting to yeah. think the bills are the team. I am. And I, and, you know, and, and, you know, granted, yeah, maybe the jets get there, you know, get all their pieces back. And by the end of the season, you know, they're the team, no one proverbial team that no one wants to play. Um, but you know, the Jets have two their Jets both of their games against the Patriots come before week seven. That's 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 gonna be tough to get momentum going too. Right? If you have if you take two losses to your division rival Patriots in week two and week, you know, whatever, week uh, three and week seven, like that's tough, man. Uh, and that week seven spot, by the way, it's on uh it's uh it's on Monday night. The Patriots have extra rest coming off a of Thursday night. Like you're basically playing the Patriots off of a bye, uh, in there, or no, it's actually it's in Meadowlands, but still, like that's a really tough spot. I, I, I just you know there's there's too much uncertainty about the Jets early in this season with all the injuries they've suffered and and some of the key weaknesses on their on their, um, you know, across their roster and and even the fact that like especially I'm expecting backfield, especially the defense backfield, and and like honestly, like I'm expecting Sam Donald to make an improvement this season. That doesn't mean he's going to do it right out of the gate, right? It could take him a little while to find chemistry with all these guys. It could take him a little while for Adam Gase to figure out how to utilize his strengths and weaknesses in actual game action. So I, I think I've I've pretty much talked myself out of the Jets being the the frisky team in the East, and that the Bills are the right the right look here. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna take a stab at someone making the playoffs uh, based on having an easy schedule. 
Yeah, I'm I'm getting there. I'm not quite as sold as you, but I think the last, I don't know, the research and then the f- first weekend and some of the injuries, it's it's pushing me over closer to northern New York rather than the Meadowlands. But uh, I want to see a little more. I want to see a little bit more uh, preseason before I get there. Mm, okay. Yeah, the only thing that scares me about the Bills is that they got Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and New England three in a row, week 14, 15, 16. That's not good. Oh, well. Um, all right, man. Let's wrap this up. No, it, it, uh, can, it can all be for naught. It can it be, could all be two, for not, yeah. two seven yeah, and nine teams all, and, yeah. and all the good teams make playoffs anyway. Yeah, right, 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 right. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. I'm not going to take any action on this. I don't think we really have any consensus on the AFC East, so, uh, other than the Dolphins are going to finish fourth. Um, but uh, anything you want to kind of put a fine point on what we talked about tonight? Yeah, outside of that, I'm full agreement. Like the Dolphins, the Dolphins to finish dead last, maybe in the league. Honestly, we should look at that. I'm sure there's a prop guaranteed. It's minus EV at the number they'll give you the two way line on there being a team with no wins. Yes, I think I we have some candidates this year. That'll be a bad. It's a bad bet. Don't take that. But it'll be interesting to see what the price <laughs> is. I'm sure it's probably only like it's probably like ten to one or something garbage like that. Don't bet that. Um, oh, pay, Patriots get by in an easy schedule. I think we see a, a repeat of last year minus uh, minus the overperforming. I think uh, the Jets and Bills perform just how they should. Kind of end up in the middle of the pack. Maybe with one of them getting sneaky, if they win a few games, they shouldn't get in a sneaky look and not send shot at a wild card. I like that. Good summary. All right, man, let's wrap it up. Good job. And uh, we'll talk again on uh, Wednesday when we break down another one that's going to be fantastically interesting and uh, maybe most difficult to handicap across the entirety of the NFL this year. Uh, I'll leave it at that, and uh, we'll talk Wednesday. Sound good? Sounds great.